Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Wrestling Wow Black. Y'all, I got a special guest who's back again, but they have an insider's uh, point of view because they've been to two live AEW shows. Today, we're going to talk about a wide variety of things. We're going to talk about the CM Punk, MJF feud, the um, the mic work back and forth. We're going to talk about also uh, Jade Cargo and her deleting her Twitter, but multiple things. But guys, what I want you to do before we get into that part, welcome in our guest, Deborah Oxtail. Thank you for having me back, and it's always a pleasure to um, speak with you and uh, get to this wrestling team. Hell yeah, hell yeah! This is this is a unique episode because you've, I mean, been to two shows. I've been to one. I wanted to go to another show, but um, didn't have the opportunity. I'm going to try to go to a pay per view this year. That is a goal um, to hit a pay per view. So uh, I want to talk with you. You've been to the. You've been to the. You went. You were there at the. You, were you there for the MJF and CM Punk, right? Yes, I was there last night. Yes. Okay, but were you there when they had the the big the big uh, mic? Then when they were talking the promos they did on each other, you were there for that too, right? Or no? Last night. Oh, th- that was one. But there was another one. Oh, no, no, you know what? That was in Chicago. That was in Chicago. No, I thought. Oh, okay, I thought. Oh, oh, when they were going. Okay, the original two when they started. Yeah, I, I wasn't there, but I watched it on TV. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, who was there. Jamari was there. I got to get him. Yeah, definitely. I love <laughs> Yeah, he was there. I'll, I'll get him next time. But yeah, from from being, Phil, you were there at several of them. So which two ones were you at? I was at the one at Arthur Ashe Stadium, and I was the one at the one at UBS. Yep, we talked about the Arthur Ashe. Let's talk about the one that you went to at the UBS Stadium in Long Island, New York. Okay. Um, <laughs> you, one thing I really love about AEW is they approach things just so much different than WWE's presentation style. Um, something that I really appreciated was when MJF, they had the announcer guy, the guy doing a, the vignette for him, the really cool voice guy. Right. And then they did the whole video package for him and just really, really, really like leaned into it. I really liked that. How was that experience inside of the, 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 um, the arena? It was it was electric. It was really great. You know, he's a Long Island guy, so he was home, mm-hmm. and and they were ready for him. They were ready to welcome you know their son back to Long Island. He had a lot of love. Um, CM Punk got booed like crazy. It was crazy. He got booed like a madman. Like nobody was rooting for CM Punk whatsoever. I don't know if they root for him any other day, but. Yesterday wasn't it. It was all about MJF, and he just got such a, you know, a resounding, you know, round of applause, screams, tears. You know, you would have thought it was a baby face yesterday, but, you know, he was, it was great. It was it was great to see the crowd just be really live, because the week before that was Raw at UBS. So yeah. Different type of energy. And you went to Raw too, huh? Mm-hmm. So tell me your experience. If, if you're comparing both, we both, I love all types of wrestling. I don't care what brand it is, to be honest. And your personal experience as a person who has been butt in the seat, how would you compare the AEW crowd versus the Raw crowd, in your personal opinion, as a person of color? Um, hmm. Well, both of them had great production value. Mm-hmm. So I'll give them that. As far as the Raw crowd, um, you know, it wasn't as live and wild. I was telling someone yesterday, 
that, you know, Raw was like a little bit more boozier mm-hmm. than the AEW crowd. I mean, the AEW crowd seems to let loose a lot more, mm-hmm. you know, and a little too loose sometimes. <laughs> There's a lot of um, gearing back and forth and a lot of like really wild, like fan, like interactions that were just not necessary. Mm-hmm. And I and I didn't get that from the raw crowd. So I think it's a different type of, you know, maturity level um, that I saw between the two. Okay. Well, I want to get your feedback on this then, right? If you were to give a person $100 and said you want to go to the, the best wrestling show in town, be honest, what was the best fan experience? I mean, food, merch, sitting, you know, just uh, building with other folks to like the, 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 I guess the fraternity of wrestling fans. What would you say is the better time? Be honest. What would your personal opinion be? I would say, I would say, you know, AEW was fun because mm-hmm. I think uh, people are a lot more enthusiastic about, you know, a new toy mm. and um, a lot of, you know, people that we loved in WWE, you know, are transitioning to AEW. Mm-hmm. So, and are able to um, kind of let loose mm-hmm. and, and, and be themselves more. Mm-hmm. And so, it could be a gift and a curse, but for the most part, it's just like when people want to see some real, like, more wrestling than anything else, you know, AEW is a ticket for them. Wow. Oh, interesting feedback. Okay. Interesting feedback. Um, I'm so curious. Let's go back to the UBS Center over in Long Island. Let's talk about the, the crowd. I've never seen a crowd cheer a heel as much. We know it's his hometown son, but we know traditionally wrestling crowds are trained, right, to boo the heel and to cheer right. the good guy. But didn't, there was in no way in hell that they were giving CM Punk. They didn't even let him finish his promo. Oh, no. They, they were cursing at him. I don't know how, I don't know how it was did on television, mm-hmm. but they were cursing him clean out when he was on the mic. And I was just like, I hope they have a button to like mute this stuff because it was really crazy. But um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it was just like that's a test. You know, that's just a testament to you know the star power of MJF. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, having your own home court advantage because when CM Punk was in Chicago, they they raised the roof for him too. So. You know, I think it was kind of expected that, you know, he would get booed and only, you know, a New Yorker can do. Okay, that's interesting. You talked about how he that star power. What would you, what was your process your your perception of of watching MJF in person? When I went to the rampage, I don't think I saw MJF. Maybe, maybe not. I'm not sure. I don't remember. Um, I was rampage. I don't think I saw him on rampage. But um, was your impression was that he was on the level of a CM Punk, or was he? Uh, did he feel like a cut under? Did, did, what was your impression? How did the crowd respond to him? How did you feel when he walked out? What type of charisma gauge would you give him? Um, he definitely was, you know, love. Mm-hmm. You know, and and people love people love a good heel. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, people love a good charismatic, you know, person. You know, and you know he came out there. He interacted with the crowd. You know, you know, because sometimes you see him, he's really obnoxious. He's always dissing somebody. But he didn't really do that. He came home. He showed love. Um, he acted silly. And, you know, the people loved it. You know, CM Punk is, you know, I don't really like to compare old school and new school like that. Because I feel like CM Punk has a lot more years and experience and wisdom. Mm-hmm. 
So it's a different type of star power. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that doesn't mean that, you know, given a good period of time that MJF can't, you know, reach that level. But they definitely have a great food feud going on. Mm -hmm. And just the whole thing about him taking a picture with CM Punk when he was a kid and mm -hmm. and now that evolved into the feud and it's a great storyline. I'm I'm I can't wait to see how it plays out. Me too. I agree with you 100. Is this is gold? This is worth worth his weight in gold. People were giving CM Punk such a hard time about not getting into a major feud instead of him ramping up. And I think there's a better story to be told with him ramping up. And this is a good timing for him to do that. Additionally, what I was going to ask you was. Um, do you perceive MJF as a heel or mega heel? Where would you say he is in his career? I would say he's a heel. Me too. Um, but it was real interesting that he, you know, taught boy Wardlow. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. What a story to be told. Yes. Right. So like, it's a, you know, he's, you know, he's healed the people. You know, there's no honor among thieves. It's, you know, it's just at the end of the day, they're going to be out for self. So it's going to be interesting to see how that story gets played out. Oh, yeah. What was your opinion of Dante Martin? How did the, the crowd respond to him? And for me, to watch him in a major angle, to watch him win, basically, that that speaks a lot. We, we know people have given AEW tr trouble because they are the Starbucks of wrestling, right? And um, <laughs> not as much flavor going on there. <laughs> And um, and it's like, you know, we don't have a lot of major players with real legitimate storylines. Jade could be something, right? Um, but uh, so far, thus far in the history of them, there hasn't been a lot of continual um, people of color in major storylines. And that's been a, a, a sore spot for a lot of people, of, you know, wrestling, black wrestling fans. So talk about Dante Martin. How did the crowd react to him winning and having a match with MJF? I mean, for the diamond, that's a big big opportunity for him what are your thoughts on that um i was shocked that he won personally mm -hmm. um because i didn't think that he would just get such a rub so fast me neither um so when he did win it was just everybody was just like oh wow like you know he made it like because he's like this young guy you know not necessarily self-aware doesn't know if he can who he can trust he's with leo we took him under his wing, and then all of a sudden now he's with Taz. And, you know, Taz is like, you know, a wild man. So it's just like, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see his character development. Because he seems like someone who um, doesn't know which way to go. And he's just trying to still find his footing. Which makes sense based and, off his age. Yeah. Right. So he's still that naive guy who's just going to have to, you know, learn the hard way. And sometimes People think that if they make a deal with the devil, a.k.a. Taz, that maybe things would be a little easier based on that, you know, affiliation. So it's going to be it's going to be interesting because, you know, Ricky Fox got put out. Yeah. You know, and so it's just like, hmm, Hobbs got put out, too. So there's going to be some jealousy in the clique. It's just going to be just an interesting story to tell. Yeah, I don't know if that swerve was necessary, too, for him turning on Team Taz yet. I think that was a little early for that swerve. I, I, I don't know what that... I'm kind of confused about the swerve. Do you feel the same? Yeah, it was really interesting. But, I mean, something had to happen. Mm -hmm. um, for him to turn that quickly was... That was interesting. Mm -hmm. I can see Ricky Stark doing that. I can see Hobbs doing that because 
they they basically came in on that type of energy. Mm-hmm. But um, for him to do that and him get the push, it was like, oh, okay, so we're going to see what happens next week when they're all together yeah. and how that works. Now, do you think Dante goes over or over MJF or MJF weasels his freaking way again and um, he's too close but no cigar? What do you think? I mean, I don't think Dante is necessarily going to win. I yeah. think it's going to be a good look. I think he's going to wrestle his ass off. Mm-hmm. But, you know, MJF is still the star of that show. So yeah. we'll see how that um, whole thing turns out. And it might be like some raggedy, like, Wardlow interfering or somebody. Or Team Taz. You know what? You know what? Right. They booked it right because, you know what? Instead of MJF taking the pin because you don't want to do that, obviously he's going to be wrestling against CM Punk in, a, in, a, in a, I would assume, a more important storyline. You don't right. want MJF to take the pin. So what will happen is because he screwed or he screwed Team Taz, what will happen is Team Taz will screw him from out of that ring, the right. diamond ring. So this, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of treacherous people in that whole mix <laughs> on both sides. So <laughs> it's it's smart booking. It's smart booking. It they kind of telegraphed it with him turning on Team Taz, but we'll see how they rectify it. But I do think ultimately what will happen is he'll he'll be screwed over because again you can't have MJF taking the pen or like you said Wardlow. I mean then then you build so he beats CM Punk or or CM Punk beats him and then then there's a thing with him and Wardlow. Then you could tell a really long storyline with that because Wardlow has a yeah. lot of crumbuppance to be honest. Right. He, you know, he has that look and hopefully, you know, he gets the push that he needs and he's able to take it, you know, as far as he needs it, because it could be interesting in, you know, future storylines with MJF since, you know, he sacrificed Wardlow. Maybe when, you know, MJF needs Wardlow, maybe Wardlow's like, hey, you know, you're on your own. Like, you sacrificed me now, you know, you got to hold your own nuts. Exactly. We'll see. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's it's a lot of story to be told, but I'm happy that Dante got the rub there. Now I really right. want to get into a, a, a portion of this and um any other any other things or notes from a live event because not all of our listeners have necessarily had the opportunity to go because we know they just got back to touring over the last couple of months. Is there any oh. other things that people should know about the live experience? Anything else that you noticed? Oh, another thing, um I was happy to see in, in what because I don't think they filmed Dark... They didn't film... They just filmed Dynamite when you were there, right? No, they, they filmed Rampage also. Okay. And I believe Dark. And I believe also Dark before that. Okay. I, I, I think Brandy looks amazing. Like, like physique-wise, she looks so healthy. And in her ring work, I mean, from watching her on Dark, I think she has made leaps and bounds from selling to her just in-ring work. Did you get a chance to see her match? Yeah, you know, it's, you know, it's great to see her... You know, you know her her snapback is crazy. Yeah, to that, you know, and you know her training because I know she gets a lot of criticism about her ring work and things like that. So, you know, um, she's putting in the energy and she's putting in the time and the practice. Yeah, you know, eventually that's going to show in her ring work, and I think that's good for her. Yeah, I think especially just coming off of you know having a baby and. And having that time away from the ring and having to basically reintroduce yourself to that kind of strenuous activity. I'm glad that she's starting to get her reps in. And, you know, we'll see. Um, it's interesting, um, you know, because she wants to be a heel. Mm-hmm. Or she is a heel and Cody's a face. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like... Well, Cody know, might I'm, be her heels coming up, though. Hold up. I mean, we'll see. Yeah. But I know... It's just like, you know, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, her storyline mm-hmm. 
um, going forward. Yeah. I think she needs to, for the next two, three months, stay on dark. Keep working right. on developing her stuff. We don't need you on Dynamite yet, we, you know, um, right. or Rampage or anything of that nature. But I do think, I also like her intro music. Her intro music is badass. <laughs> well, I would hope so. I was like, you know? damn. Okay, Brandy. All right, low, low, right. low flavor. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes, sometimes, you know, time away from something will, you know, give you a fresh, you know, um, longing and desire to, you know, take the bull by the horns and run. So exactly. We'll it's, it's just hard for me because when I, I know obviously Brandy's in an interracial relationship and a lot of wrestling, like, I would say wrestling fans who aren't people of color, I hear a lot of snarky fans talking about her and they have kind of a negative vibe towards her. I listen to a couple other uh, podcasts. I'm not going to name them. And, and when people call in, they have a really, there's a big uh, contentious relationship with her with a lot of the people that do watch AEW. And I'm like, I know she doesn't come, she comes off sometimes as being, um, like she kind of skips the line, so to speak or whatever. Oh. And, and they want to, they want to try to, parallel her with being like stephanie mcmahon light um right but the reality is stephanie mcmahon actually had the women's championship before brandy's never had the women's championship and brandy is a better wrestler than stephanie mcmahon let's keep let's keep it a buck so I mean, do, do you think that they he is because he's married to uh a white person or is it that she's married into a family that's famous for wrestling and there's some type of i think it's famous you know, for wrestling and and i think people don't look at her like as being like uh being about like being a lifer you know what i mean um right. and they're like oh she's cb she's chief branding officer but she gets all these because her husband is this and all initially brandy's very intelligent i think she went to university of michigan um so i mean listen she's she's intelligent she's not a dumb woman obviously very talented yeah and my thing is this mm-hmm when did like having certain relationships and using those relationships to help you get a better position, when did that ever become a bad thing? Right. Because when any, anybody gets a job, you know, if you know somebody or you have a connection in the job, they help you get up in there. Right. So of it's course. All about they put you on. Your networking, like, okay, your references and networking. Hey, you got a job there? Yeah. Okay. Let me ask my home girl or my homeboy and see if he can get me a job. So, that happens anywhere in life. Exactly. You know, she'd, be a fool, she'd be a fool or anybody would be a fool to have um, a certain amount of proximity to someone and not use that to their advantage. Now, at the end of the day, when you get in the door or you get in the ring, you have to prove yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Because who you know is not going to um, dictate how you do your job or if you're a good worker or if you're successful. Yeah. So it's you know, her last name is Rose, and I got her in the door, and she's getting certain, you know, looks. Okay, but if she screws it up, she's going to have to take those licks, too. So Exactly. That's true. Yeah, I just don't like the contentious nature. Some people, I think they, and, and, that, and that leads us to the conversation about our, our one of our beloved Jade Cargill, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. a, a absolutely stunning human being. I mean, this woman is extremely intelligent. I mean, her d- degree, I think she has a master's degree in child psychology or something like that. Right. Um, I mean, you know, when it comes to us, we always have to have everything a little, a little bit extra before, we, you know, oh, we yeah. get any type of look. Oh, yeah. And a world-class athlete. All, I mean, everything you can put on the book. I mean, just absolutely just charisma. She just has the look. She just has it. She just has it. What is up with these dudes online? I've seen it in a couple groups and, and it happens to be non-people of color again. 
talking about oh she looks like a man why do and like and, and the same thing with it enrages me because they keep fucking saying that shit they said the same thing about serena and venus because and, right. and it's like this policing of obviously if they're elite level athletes right they're different body right. types that's okay you don't say you know just like a bobby lashley is different than a daniel bryant there's variety in bodies but to call a black woman just because she happens to be more muscular a man i think it's it goes back to antebellum slavery it, it has all right vibes for me um talk about that because even i don't know if that's a reason why jade she had gave her a reason why she got rid of her twitter but i think it's partially part of the reason that she even mentioned why do you guys hate black women wrestlers so much um and i even feel like um ivory and jazz didn't get the love, um, don't get the love that a, a Trish Stratus or Alita has. Um, right. It's a lot of, to unpack there. What are your thoughts as a black woman specifically too? Listen, you know, whenever you and I talk, I would say, you know, everything leads back to race, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that's not race baiting. That's not being hypersensitive. That's just a fact. Yeah. So, you know, the world is a very fucked up racist place. Use my language, mm-hmm. right? So the macro view of the world, we know that, you know, black people and people of color have always been ostracized, have always been demeaned, mm-hmm. you know, and anything that we do. So wrestling is not going to be any different, mm-hmm. right? You go to corporate America, you go to any type of um, educational system, political system, social system, it's the same thing. So whenever there's a person of color, a black person, I'm going to say black person because person of color can be very ambiguous. Mm -hmm. But whenever you deal with, you know, black people, there are accomplishing things at a high level. It's always a problem for certain people because in their mind, they still feel like you are not supposed to be better than them at anything. That Mm -hmm. they are superior Mm -hmm. because they've had certain um, systems in place that allow them to always be in a, in a, in a superior position. So mm-hmm. when you have, you know, black people who in that same system accomplish high level things, that's a problem mm-hmm. because now you're competing. Not with just black. See, if it's just black people competing with each other, that's not a problem. Mm-hmm. But when it becomes black people competing with white people at a high level and getting beat at it, that's a problem. Yeah. Because that's a blow to their ego. That's mm-hmm. a blow to their supremacy. Because in their mind, that's not supposed to happen. You're always supposed to be under my foot. So when you see a black woman who has a beautiful body, who works out and takes care of herself, you know, oh, she's a man. Yeah. But when, you know, a white woman, you know, is dedicated and works out and takes care of herself, oh, well, they're, they're determined, they're committed, they're disciplined. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So... Black women had always had this extra amount of persecution to them because, you know, Malcolm X said, you know, the black woman is the most disrespected person yeah. in, in the world. And when you're dealing with the wrestling community as a whole, no matter what you say, no matter what you do, when you go to these shows, the majority of the people are white. Yeah. And the majority of the people who are white want to see people who look that look like them out on the top. Yeah. And not necessarily if they deserve it or not. That's something totally different. Yeah. But they should be at the top. And then when you are black and you're at the top, then they try to discredit you. Oh, she slept her way to the top. Oh, she's a man. 
or she's taking PEDs. Even though Serena and Venus never took a PED, yep. tested and everything, but you had the white tennis player, Marina Sharpova, whatever her name is, if I'm mispronouncing her name, she got bagged for PEDs. Yes, she did. Serena, Serena Williams whooped her ass on many occasions, and she was still getting paid more than Serena. Which is freak fucking, no, no, not freaking, fucking crazy. Arguably the greatest women's tennis player of all time. One of the top athletes of all time. Period. So it's just like, this is what you're dealing with. And, you know, when you deal, and, you know, Vince likes like blonde. Yes, he does. He cut her looking women. Mm -hmm. So anything that doesn't look like that is just like, oh, that's not attractive because you're not blonde hair, light colored eyes fair skin or or you don't have proximity to whiteness that's also another thing yeah you know what i'm saying where you have people of, of a lighter hue that get certain you know looks because of their proximity to whiteness and they don't have strong african features like um a jazz yeah who gets overlooked yeah but maybe a fashion overlooked as much because She's a little lighter. Yep. You know, she has the features and different things. And no, I'm not saying she's not talented. I'm just saying yeah. those things from, are facts that actually From a push point of view or, or marketability point of view, yeah. Exactly. So I'm not surprised that, you know, people hate black women wrestlers because a lot of people hate black women, period. That's the truth. And, you know, it's just like a lot of times, unfortunately, we're, we're sometimes left to defend ourselves because, you know, not that brothers are not defending us, but it's just, you know, the brothers get their heat too. Like when Kopi became champion, everything oh else, that Lord. was a about why is black man, da, 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 da. But it's just, you know, it's a heightened level of disrespect. Yeah. And, and it's always been a thing where it was, people say that it's okay to disrespect black women. Yeah. And I'm just, and I, I to me, it just really baffles my mind that in 2021 people are still confused about that yeah so even though i can understand jay's frustration because being at that show yesterday mm -hmm. there's a lot of foul shit that these fucking people in the audience excuse my language said mm -hmm. wrestlers and we had some people behind us that was very foul very vulgar when rio was up there really what yes, they were saying, yes they were saying shit to her what and wow and just being inappropriate yeah. and saying a lot of stuff to just foul stuff. At one point, I'm going to shout out Shanti from Talk of Champions. She was ready to give somebody the business behind us because he was doing way too much. Mm -hmm. And it's just like we were second row. Mm. So, these, so they hear this. Yeah. And, and you're trying to do your job and zone this shit out. And you're just wondering, why is someone paying money just to specifically disrespect a black woman? Yeah. And a lot of them say, oh, well, Jade, you know, you, you know, you should be thick skinned, da, 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 which is what? To, a point, which, to a point you have to listen when you're in the spotlight yeah. at some point you have to have a certain amount of thick skin because you're going to have people who are going to just say shit to say shit. Yeah. But the deeper issue is why is it so acceptable? Yeah. And why aren't other people, like I say, you know, people will like to act like it's not a race issue. If Jade Cargill is saying this. And, and and you're a white person and you hear another white person disrespecting a black woman and you swear you're not, you know, you're anti-racist, how come you're not checking these people? Exactly. Because you say that in front of me. I, I don't, I don't want to go to prison and I've never, you know, at, at, at over 21 years old, I'm not trying to go to prison, but if you say something disrespectful, I might have to grab your collar. And like, look, you're not right. going to fucking say that shit 
because I have a mother, I have a sister, I have a nieces, and right. um, and and black women are dope. And so when a woman who's coming yeah, from a whole, yeah. The rest of the community is not doing anything about it. It's just like exactly. you know, being disrespected. Like, where are the people that come out and say, you know, we're, we're going to have a no, no, we have no nonsense, no tolerance for bullshit. And if you're going to come in here talking some racial wild shit, you get kicked the fuck out. Back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, you know, it's just, it's a microcosm of society. Fucking crazy. Exactly. Let's talk about before we finish up. Um, I want to get your thoughts on two things. The departure of Big Swole, right? Mm-hmm. When Big Swole initially Big Swole initially started with AEW, she was seen as to me one of the pillars of the uh, of the organization being there in the early days, the pioneer of the first couple years of AEW, where we didn't know if Dynamite would be a one hit wonder. We didn't know they didn't even have an AEW Dark, you know, or Dark Elevation. Um, right. I mean, wh- what do you think happened for her to leave? I mean, I know she was dealing with a lot of health issues. I don't know if that's part of it, but it's wild that she literally just fell off the map. I mean, it all comes down to, right, um, health issues aside. Like, you know, I don't know who's writing back there. Yeah. You know, the same thing can be said for WWE when we don't see certain people that we should see shining. Yeah. And we just we just ask, what's going on with the writers? What's like Ali or Cesaro. Yeah. Right. How are they being booked? Like, like how is she being, you know, um, placed as far as on the food chain? That kind of thing. I remember her being there and, you know, she had a thing with Britt Baker. Did she not? Yeah. And did she not beat her? Yeah. Okay. So there you go. And she also um, had a, a match on Dark that people wanted to watch. And they had a good feud with her and DeMonte. Right. Right. So it's just like, you just have to wonder. I don't know if her Crohn's played a role in her availability to to wrestle more on a consistent basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, don't, I don't have Crohn's, so I'm not sure. But it also comes down to, you know, when you have a lot of people, a lot of wrestlers on a roster, mm-hmm. we'll have to start to pick and choose, okay, who are we going to push? Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you have <laughs> a situation where you don't see a lot of people of color black people showcase on the main stage i'm not talking about dark i'm talking about on the main stage mm-hmm. AE, basically we don't want to see him on aew bet plus we understand right <laughs> so it just makes you wonder like okay so what's really going on yeah you know so yeah. i mean yeah it's cool to have jade you know and you know you have red velvet mm-hmm. but like you said big four was one of the staples in the beginning so it was just kind of like and a great promo that's what happened a great promo great charisma I mean, good ring work. Um, yeah, it baffles me. And I, do, where do you think she ultimately does? Do you think she does podcasting full time? Do you think she goes to another organization, or she just takes more time to her family and, and, and worrying about her health? What, what would you I mean, predict, in your opinion? I mean, you could do all three, right? You, you know, the three are not mutually exclusive. So mm-hmm. I mean, people might do some podcasting, maybe like one, you know, one day a week. It doesn't have to be everyday thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with her family, which is also a great thing to do because that road life is, I'm sure, is a doozy. Mm-hmm. And probably hit the indies. You mm-hmm. know, she's an indie darling, so I think you know they'll welcome her in um, open arms, and she could work on whatever on um, her own schedule. You know, where she's able to you know balance different things and also you know take care of her health. So you know, I wish her all the best. But you know, sometimes a lot of these wrestlers are just a casualty of the system. 
because yeah. it's just like I don't know who's fighting back there. I don't know if they had a a consistent plan for her where they mapped out, okay, this is what we're going to do. And you know, she probably got frustrated, like, hey, you know, if I'm not going to be pushed a certain type of way, if I'm not going to be in one of these prime time storylines, um, then there's no reason for me to be here. Exactly. You know, so and if they were able to work that out amicably, that's a beautiful thing because we all would like to, you know, be able to work something amicably with an employer that we, you know, we're we're leaving. So I definitely think it's a big missed opportunity. It's one when we when we when we look back more, many years from now and we look at the history of AEW, that'll really stick with me personally. You know, I think there was yeah, way more to be done. It was, yeah, definitely. When we see, you know, when we see people that look like us, we, you know, we are very invested because we just want to see people who look like us win. Yeah, you not because they just because they're black, but because they're capable. You know, right? Of yeah. course, because she wouldn't be there if she wasn't. So exactly. Not mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, we want to see our people win and thrive and have a storyline. And you know, like you know, she was big, bold. She was like, you know, just badass, tough, whatever. And you know. um, I just want to see where she goes because, you know, a lot of promotions are not on TV. So, yeah, you know, yeah. it was good to see her on TV. Well, so yeah, we'll see. you know, she might come back. You never know. Because sometimes people leave promotions and they come back. So, you know, that is the truth. We'll that is truth. That is very true, actually. And in, in, in if AEW wants to go into the women's tag team championship division, maybe she doesn't have to do as much in ring work. Maybe it's better for her health. Who knows? You're right. There is there could be a possibility of her coming back or maybe being an executive, you know, someone who understands the business, been in a business, uh, you know, giving her an executive role behind the scenes where she can help with developing and doing great talent, maybe not being as physically taxing as well. So, you know, there's many opportunities as you said i agree with you 100 percent. well miss oxtail it's been more than a pleasure to have you on uh, wrestling while black to get your perspective your worldview your thoughts especially as a black woman it's so in- i'm so appreciative of, of spending time with you and, and hearing your point of view thank you so much for having me you know i've always been so love you know so mm, i always do. want to see our people <laughs> win and do great so and of course you know i have to shout out different people do because that's what i do and, you know, thank you so much for having me on your show again. I love being here. And those have me have, you know, good topics, too. But I really, really like that also. I appreciate And, you know, just some other um, great podcasters of color to follow. Um, the Almanac Show, um, 2020, 20 by 20 Podcast, Public Enemies Podcast, The Quincy Show, Through the Table, um, TSC uh, Show with Fred Rashani. Uh, oh my gosh, who was Black Wrestling, um, Talker Champions, I think it's coming back. And um, yeah. Jobber's I Tears. I want Jobber's, oh my gosh, my bad. Mm-hmm. Jobber's Tears podcast. And I just want to see everybody, uh, all my people win. Me too. And guys, we will be at Terminus in Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia. We will be at Terminus. Um, there are, it, it's going to be, we don't know if it's a promotion. We don't know if it's a special event. We don't know what it is, but we do know there'll be a lot of people of color, black people wrestling. And we know okay. that it'll be something that uh, we'll give you guys a in a deep, deep dive of the event from the beginning to the meet and greets to the whole experience. So Keep your eyes peeled for that uh, episode. And again, guys, thanks again for coming on. I'm excited. Oh, I'm hell excited yeah. I'm excited to see that. Oh, yeah. It's going to be dope. We're going to cr- record some stuff and we're going we gonna to get as much as we can out of that experience because I'm going to be there early as hell. So I'm going to get all I can out of that. 
Okay, don't jump over, don't jump over the barricades now. Don't no. make us look bad. Yeah, yeah, I'm a, I'm a buck fit, sixty soaking wet. I, I, it's easy to put me in the headline. <laughs> I'm the I'm the five two king uh, 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 king of Wakanda. So <laughs> okay, don't do it for Rikishi. Don't do it for the rock. Don't do that. <laughs> uh, guys, that was a great way to end. Guys, peace. We'll talk to you later. <laughs> Don't you feel me?